1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, reading, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us turn to God in prayer. Eternal God, our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we bow before you, seeking once again, Lord, thy thorough cleansing and washing of all our sins. We come acknowledging, O God, that we must have sinned against you in many ways, in our thoughts, our deeds, our words. And Father, we just pray that you keep showing us our sins that we may constantly confess and bear the fruit of repentance. And tonight, even as we gather, O Lord, may you send your Holy Spirit to be our teacher, open the eyes of our understanding, and above all, Lord, we pray that your word would work conviction in every heart, in every hearer. And Lord, we pray that you establish your church, establish your people, that we would be pure in this very impure world for thy namesake. So Lord, we do pray that you visit mightily. Lord, we know that many have fallen. Christians have fallen. Churches have fallen. Oh, Father, we pray that you use these sessions, Lord, to prevent such things in thy people in this church so that, oh Lord, we will be pure and holy till our Saviour returns and we will be useful for you. We ask and we pray that you remove every distraction and every tiredness of the body and help us, O Lord, to learn. Pray especially for the young ones. O Lord, may you work deeply in their hearts. Pray for married and single ones as well. We ask and pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We continue in part two on this series. All right. Now, let us look at what we will cover tonight, we will have a quick recap on what is sex. And tonight's main aim is to answer this question, how to be pure, how to be pure. So we will cover what to avoid, what to be aware of, and talk about committing ourselves to purity, and the idea of fight and flee, and also God's counsel to all. So God willing, we'll cover these areas. Now, Let's read this together. Ephesians 4.19, 1-2 reading. Who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Now here, God tells us that men in, the, in their sinful state is like that. People who are past feeling means they have come to a stage where their conscience are so, so um, devoid of any um, sense of morality, of, um, of convictions, of what is unclean, filthy, their past feeling. Now, this describes our world today. The, we saw last week how the world is so sexually impure that even young Christians, they have no idea what is right or wrong. People who are unbelievers, they simply take sex as recreation. That is all. There is nothing more to them that is difference between, well, having sex and going for a meal together. It's literally like that. Friends with privileges. Just like we, go, we like to eat a particular thing together, so let's go eat together, then let's do this together. Right? So that is past feeling, that filthiness. Well, Christians, I hope that you are not influenced in that way and have given themselves, now given themselves. They are, it's like animal, animal instincts. 
It is just something that they do and they want to do and they keep doing, given themselves without control. Over to lasciviousness, all sorts of lusts. To work all, you see, it's all, all uncleanness. All sorts of um, sexual immorality today is accepted today. We saw last week where young people just cohabit and not only cohabit, when we used to think people who are not married living together is terrible. Now people live together and they have multiple partners together at the same time and openly talk about it. All, kind of, all kinds of unimaginable filthiness. And God says they do it with greediness. All right? They can't stop doing it. It's like someone who is hungry for something, they do it with, with a voracious appetite. Now this is the description of a very apt description of the sexual immorality in the world today. Now, what is sex? Let's quickly remind ourselves. Now, even in the world's eyes, they define this very simply. Sex refers to all acts that can sexually arouse you, any kind of acts. As long as you're sexually aroused, this is sex. So remember, sex is not simply you have sexual intercourse with someone. That's what people think. And the world rightly even defines you can have sex with yourself, not just with others, right? Now, last week, a teen said, well, you know, today, many, they do not use certain words. They just avoid certain terms. And when, even when people are um, sexually abused or people are in sexual activities that are, that are sinful, they don't even know. Well, I'm glad some of the young people, they realize this is not a taboo subject where the church avoids. We cannot avoid these things. Sex with yourself. Another way that the world puts it, sex with yourself, masturbation. Right? We covered that in BBK as well. I told you there are young Christians who become Christians. In the initial stage, they don't even know that that is sin because it's so common. It's almost like, I remember one even said, but people tell me that it is healthy. It is part of being healthy. Right, that is the uncleanness and the lack of understanding in the Christian today as well. So all this, in the eyes of the world, they say this is sex, not just intercourse, right? any sexual activity that arouses you, quoting from, from the world. Now, what is sex designed for? We saw last week, according to the Bible, God's design and then the world's practice. God's design is part of physical union of one flesh between one man and one woman for life in marriage. Right? That is God's design. But what is the world's practice? As long as two partners are consent, consenting to one another, they can have sex. The only limitation, well, depends what, con what country you're in, what age before you're allowed to do that. To them, as long as you consent, what has it to do with marriage? God's design, it helps to fulfill His plan for procreation in marriage to bring up godly seed. That is the, plan, that is the design for sex. But the world, procreation is often seen as undesirable, right? Young people have sex, they hope they don't get pregnant. It's, it's to avoid it. Even married people, married Christians, contrary to the Word of God. Then God plans for pleasure in sex. God, we saw some verses, right? It is God's plan to promote physical union and procreation, the two reasons for which God created 
sex. But to the world, sex is simply for me to enjoy. It's for enjoyment, pure enjoyment. Nothing to do with union with another person, nothing to do with, well, giving birth to children. It's pure recreation. Just like I like to eat something, then I like sex, that's all. So that is how, that is the world we live in. Now, the question today is why must I be pure? Before we talk about, well, how to be pure, are you interested to be pure? Well, if you're a believer, this should resonate with you. Well, God says sexual sins are grave, have grave consequences. We read just now from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Sexual sins is different from any other kind of sin. God said this is a unique sin. Every other sin committed outside your body. This has a particular effect on the body, on you personally. So God says this is unique. It has grave consequences. And sexual sins give opportunity for the name of God to be blasphemed. It is not just, oh, I better stop this because I may, I may get consequences, get sexual diseases, or become uh, mentally deranged. I better stop it. Of course, there are consequences. But the point is, sexual sin gives opportunity for the name of God to be blasphemed. For example, it affects the testimony of the believer. Can you imagine Christians committing fornication, caught one way or another, they say, oh, Christians also do that. I thought Christians talk about sexual purity, do not have sexual um, um, relationship till they are married. Huh? Oh, it looks like all this is false. Test your testimony. What about the testimony of the church? Can you imagine when there are sex fornication occurring? Well, the, the Christian people will say, well, I don't know what your church teaches. Or... Fornication within the church, out of wedlock, children born out of wedlock, right? Young, young people going on holidays, sleeping together, committing fornication. What is this going to be like for the church? Who would want to send their children to church? If I send my children to church, they will probably commit fornication. Now, worst of all, I won't say worst of all, everything is bad, all right? Pastors committing adultery with Congregation member, member, congregation member committing adultery with each other. Adults. Now you look at me and say, well, what are you talking about? These are very common. Please know that. These are very common in the most conservative churches. And the name of God and the testimony of the church, all destroyed. Destroyed. Sometimes you preach the gospel and then say, oh, church, I know, I know, that pastor and that the other woman, they slept together, right, in in, in in the church camp or, or, or whatever it is. And then they just mock the name of God. Now remember, can you please turn to um, 2 Samuel? 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 14. This we know is Samuel's, the prophet Samuel's respond to King David committing fornication, committing adultery. Now let's read together. It says, he warned, he, adjured, or he rebuked David. How be it? Because by this deed, are you there? 2 Samuel 12, 14. How be it? Because by this deed, thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme 
The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. How does God view fornication, adultery, when it happens, when a Christian commits it? Well, the word of God says is great occasion, fantastic occasion, ma major occasion. Many sins is, is not like this kind of sin. This is a great occasion for them to blaspheme, blaspheme the Lord, make fun of Him. And these are the enemies of God. So Christian, we must understand why we must be pure. I want to say this. One of the key reasons why I'm conducting this series is this. As I, thought, as I think about this, almost every church that I've attended, without, without exception, has had fornication occurring in teens. Has had, another church will have pastors and congregation members committing adultery. Now, I pray much, and that is my main prayer. And parents, I hope that is in your heart as well, and young people, that after these sessions, you will know the heinousness of this sin and until the Lord returns. There is no such thing in the Christian in this church until the Saviour returns. No such thing as fornication, no such thing as um, adulteries that will bring God's name to shame and make us useless. That is why this is being covered. That is why you must talk about it at home, parents. That is why young people, you must want to be pure. It's because of that. Not so that I uh, get pregnant, then it's so embarrassing for the family. Yes, it is. But that is not the main point. Sexual sins destroys lives, destroys families, and destroys the church. All right? So this is a very powerful tool of Satan. The sex-crazed world has such a great impact on the church today. Young people in pornograph watching pornography, pastors addicted to pornography, church leaders, all sorts of things to destroy the church, to destroy your testimony. Now, how to be pure? The first thing then, let's begin. Well, what to avoid? What to avoid, all right? This is what we cover. There are things to avoid. So you say, I want to be sexually pure. Lord, please don't let me be the one that give great occasion for, the for your enemies to blaspheme Christianity. They say, Lord, what should I avoid? I want to avoid them. Now, what to avoid? Now, I want to just have us read this first. Let's read this together. James 1, 14 to 16, reading. But every man... Okay, how come it would not change? Okay, let's read together. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it, has, it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Now, there is this word that the Bible uses. It's called enticed enticed, drawn away, there is lust. Alright, first look at this, the highlighted words. First, there is temptation. Temptation itself is not a sin. Alright? Of course, we want to avoid temptation. But when it occurs, now the problem is when you're drawn away by your lust. Now, when you're drawn away by lust, now because there is something that happens, because there is enticement, alright? Drawn away lust and enticement. Now, what is this? This is you are aroused sexually. 
Physical desire and arousal are the beginning and stirring of a powerful lust within. Drawn away and enticed, that is being aroused in you. All right, sexual arousal. Arousal means you become excited, right? You become um, stirred. There's an energy that is stirred in you. Something is happening, voluntarily or involuntarily. Arousal. So, now, what to avoid? Avoid sexual arousal because James warns of it. Being drawn away and being enticed, that is arousal. Avoid it outside marriage. Of course, within marriage, sexual arousal is part of marriage, all right? But we are always talking about outside marriage, all right? And the context is always there. Now, what stirs sexual desire? What stirs it? Now, what triggers sexual impurity outside marriage? Arousal. Whether you're married, uh, a, person, a married person, you look at the person of uh, opposite gender, you get aroused. Or you look at something or you hear something. Now, arousal is a feeling of being turned on sexually. Your body experiences physical and emotional changes. Uh, this is under, I took it from plannedparenthood.org, right? So, teaching parents, young people, what is it? You become aroused from sexual stimulation, whether alone or with someone. You must be aware that this is where it begins, arousal. So, the first place to start is avoid arousal. But it's around sex, any sexual activities like fantasizing, right? You just lie in bed or you sit there and then you think and you think or look at someone and you think and think and think of all sorts of things, sexual th uh, thoughts, all right? Reading something, watching something, listening to something, perusing sexual materials, all right? So all these are what causes arousal. These are things that cause you to begin to become impure, all right? So understand that first. Arousal can ha also happen when certain parts of your body are touched. Know that it's not just you sit there and then, but no, senses in you, physical senses when, when activated through touch, for example, that is when you get aroused and certain parts of the body are particularly sexually sensitive. Be aware of that. So teens, we spoke last week. Parents, you, you must be aware. There is a stage where they grow, they are growing, there are changes in the body, biological, that is God's creation. You need to be aware of it. And young people, you must know that touch, touch, not only just sight and hear, touch causes arousal. Some body parts have lots of nerve endings and you may, be, you may feel excited or aroused when they are touched. Any part of your body that, that are considered sexual, all right? Well, different people, different parts. But any, par any part of your body, now definitely the sexual organs, they are definitely, um, they will cause sexual arousal, but some could be other parts of the body. You must know that touch arouses. Be very careful. You must avoid, avoid anything that will bring arousal. That is why um, God says, all right, look at this again. You are tempted. You are tempted. Well, you allow yourself to be tempted and then you allow yourself to be drawn away. You let those arousal continue and you enjoy the enticement. Avoiding arousal. Now, at puberty, at and after puberty, all right? So, from puberty onwards. Before that, when young, it may not be that sensitive. 
by a purity and onwards, arousal can happen especially upon certain physical contact with opposite genders, all right? especially so with opposite genders. That is why you always know, right? In a certain age in school, they say when we are going to this activity, all whole hands, all right? At a certain age, their whole hands is nothing. But above a certain age in school, they don't say that anymore, right? You feel very uncomfortable. And when those contacts occur, well, certain emotions, certain feelings, certain arousal can occur in you. Because at a certain age onwards, you need to be aware of that. Minimize and exercise caution, even in display of affection. No inappropriate physical contact between genders. Avoid this because of arousal, because of puberty, because of changes in the body. Now you have those senses you must avoid any contact that can cause arousal, whether contact or sight. For example, between adults and growing children. Now, that is why we are very careful. Some of the adults, they don't think, they don't realize. The children, they have reached a stage where, well, they have certain feelings when you touch certain parts of the body. And they still play with them in church. They still hug them, tickle them, carry them, put them on their lap boys doing that to girls. Now, we need to avoid that. You, you don't know whether you're stirring something in the little child or in yourself. Know that arousal occurs. That is why we say be very careful. Now, even between parents and children, you must also realize your children, your children are going through a certain stage. They are growing. You don't treat them like they're very young and, and um, touch certain parts of their body or hug them in a certain way anymore. Same for, same for teens with, with adults. Now, it's very scary when, when people can't differentiate between your, your, relation, your, your physical um, affection between you and your parent and they mistake you for boyfriend and girlfriend. That's scary. Certain behaviors, certain contacts are not appropriate anymore, right? So, because it arouses, arouses um, sexual feelings, whether it's emotions or or senses. Tweens and teens and peers, all right? So the young ones, you must know there are these changes that has occurred. Don't get into a state where you will become aroused. There is such a thing as arousal. So maybe some of you say, I don't know, daddy and mommy don't talk to me about this. I don't understand what school says or they haven't taught me. So, but I feel this. What is this? This is called arousal. You avoid it. It is meant for in marriage. These changes in you will bring those, those, those feelings. They are not meant for you to um, pursue. Between adults as well. Please remember, this is not a session for teens, all right? That's why we have it with region. Even with adults, there are certain contexts that are just not appropriate. Well, in the Western world, there's a lot of hugging and kissing. And often people say, well, that often leads to adulteries. In our culture, we don't have this problem, all right? So don't try and start this thing, right? Where um, the husband sees another person's wife want to hug and kiss the person. Certain contacts are, we need to be very, very careful of them. Contact games, what to avoid? Contact games, avoid. Now, there are certain games you ask not for um, boys and girls to do together. Now, even in school, I don't know whether here, I remember when I was in the US um, and there was this channel. I was just watching news and then they, they, they screened this school um, challenge or school sports. 
seem to be very popular. It's called wrestling, all right? Mat wrestling or something. They wrestle on the mat, mat. And it was just teenagers grappling one another, um, deeply clenching to one another and pulling all sorts of body parts and just wriggling on the floor. Now, these are just wrong, all right? So, Christian, know that you need to avoid arousal. That's, that's the main point. Same for adult games, all right? That's why church games, we always say, no contact, no contact. Beware of predators. Beware of predators. You know, even in this church, not different from other church. I have parents telling me, well, you know, so-and-so, we are very careful of this man. He, he, he has interest in girls, little girls, at a certain age. And say, yeah, it's the same. Used to be my daughter. Now you see this man, he's, he's always eyeing this other family's little girl. My daughter was around that age, was the same, right? Likes to hug, likes to touch. And say, now he's doing that. Now he's eyeing another family's daughter. Be aware of predators. Be, be, know that church doesn't mean everyone is safe. Doesn't mean safe people are not like that. I think, I'm very thankful. Um, parents have become to be under, they understand this. They're very careful. The person eventually left, all right? No longer with us. Don't be a predator. Don't be a predator as well. Now, be aware. The point is this. Be aware. If you find certain arousal in you in playing and touching someone or some children, then avoid, avoid. If you find that there are these feelings, these emotions, be aware of it. Don't just say, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's okay. Don't be a predator, all right? So I'm not saying that we, we don't talk to children, we don't play with children, but avoid, be very careful with how you handle them, okay? Avoid touching them, that's the best. Well, of course, tiny infants and all that, say you're going to carry, that's different, all right? We're talking about children up to a certain age, beyond a certain age, all right? I mean, like, for example, uh, Abel, all right? Abel. Abel, maybe you carry Abel. Well, Abel putting, like, mom putting Abel on, on her lap. We don't think much, but you think maybe like uh, Ife, all right? Ife, Ife. And then um, um, someone... Uh, Thomas, all right? Thomas pick up Ife and put Ife on his lap. That is something that is, I'm not saying Thomas has done it. I'm not saying Thomas, sorry, poor Thomas. Right? Your line of sight, so it's always you, right? Now, I'm not, no pre premeditated thought about you, right? That is, that is not acceptable, all right? So we must be aware. These are where certain emotions, certain um, triggers occur. So this is where, actually, this is where it occurs, even in church. You think adulteries with, between congregation members, between pastors and congregation members occur overnight? No, it's a little touch here and there, arm around and then, you know, that kind of thing. That is what happens and what it leads to because of arousal. Avoid. You want to be pure. Avoid being tempted to be sexually aroused outside marriage. Avoid being tempted. So God says, now this is not just about avoiding in your personal, private you must, all right, in your own bedroom, in your own thought life. But anything outside marriage, avoid. If you find that there are certain, you are attracted to someone sexually, or even not yet sexually, but there's this attraction, and you're married, or, and you're, or you're not married, you have these emotions, these feelings. Now, you must avoid it. Let's move to the next one first. 
Now, the next one is avoid tempting others to be sexually aroused. Avoid tempting others. Avoid tempting others. Not just avoid being tempted. So you must avoid at all costs. But avoiding tempting others as well. Now, let's read this together. First Thessalonians 4, 6 reading. That no man go beyond... Oh, sorry. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter because that the Lord is avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified. You read and you know the context. We covered this in the BGR session as well. This is talking about a man defraud the brother. means, well, this, this person, this, this woman or this, this young girl, now, he is not his wife, but this young girl may be someone's wife one day. And God says, please don't, if you're not married to the person, please don't take physical liberties. Because this, is, this would be someone's wife. You defraud your brother. It's not your wife. This is someone else's wife. So let no man go beyond and defraud. Don't tempt. So don't go around and don't think that there's no such thing in church as well. Don't be so innocent and foolish. There will be boys in church that are very, very... Um, amorous, right? They chase one girl, they like, ah, this girl, quite good looking, my type. Then they chase. Then at the same time, they say, oh, the other one is quite good as well, good looking as well. I can't decide. I'll chase as well, all right? And then they're very, very nice, all right? Very, very generous, very kind, even seem very godly. Now, are you such a Christian? I've known of Christians. Even young, even young boys, maybe year, year 12, right? I like that already in church. Hardly talk to guys, always talk to girls, right? Or even making the girls feel very special. This is how they lure. So avoid, right? Be aware of these things. If you're someone like that, please change. Now, here are you the person that God wants again. We read this last week. To deliver thee from the strange woman and from the stranger which flattereth with her lip. And I said to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of, the, of, the, of a strange woman. Now it says, for the lips of the strange woman drop as a honeycomb. Her mouth is as smoother, smoother than oil. And he said, and wilt thou, and why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? Now God warns, God wants, don't be a temptress. God wants, don't be a tempter. So this, is, this applies to men as well, all right? So men don't keep saying, oh, woman. Well, definitely this is a warning to women. Don't use your body. You know that there are certain um, arousal in men. Don't use your body to attract them, to hook them, to catch them. And men, likewise, we read just now, don't be someone who tempts. The woman. I think this is this is uh, this is odd. Yes, it is not odd as well at, at all. We have known of Christian adult men, all right, um, pursue young Christian girls in the church, cohabit with them, sleep with them, even post photograph of themselves in the same bedroom, and then next thing you know, dump the girl already. And the girl, initially, will want to hook the man, 
willingly enter into kissing, into touching, sexual activities, in other words. This happens to Christians. This is where, where impurity are real, all right? I'm not talking about people you don't know, okay? I just want you to know that I'm not making up stories. These are people you know. Now, my point is this. I'm not bringing this up to shame people. My point is, it's very real. That is why we are covering this. Men, it's very real. Even married men, it's real. Now, warning for both genders. The woman who entices a man to lust, we see Potiphar's wife. Now, look at this word, strange woman. God keeps saying strange woman, strange woman, strange woman. <laughs> Why? Why strange woman? Now, the strange would refer to, well, definitely these are, God would just say these are the Gentiles, these are the heathens, all right? They are not my people. That's why they're called strange. They are strangers to you. They are not my people. They are not our people. And say these are people and they are, for example, the prostitutes. Now, why must we understand this when we, when, whenever we read the word strange? God is also sarcastically saying, now, these kind of things only the heathens would do. You are my people. You should not, this should not even ever be mentioned that this occurs. The unbelievers outside the church, yes, this is, these are their ways. But God says, are you a stranger to my people? You are my people. You're not a stranger. How can this possibly happen? among believers all right so it's a warning a warning now lust does not discriminate between genders especially today especially today both men and women can be deeply engrossed in um, sexual activities privately pornography i told you before i never imagined when i took over the laptop of a young engineer, a girl, all right? Very decent, very, very hardworking, very good girl. And then she left the company. The company said, well, you know, you need to change your laptop, use this one. And then I found all sorts of pornography in there. It's amazing. So please know, it's not, what I'm trying to say is girls, boys, none are spared from this filthiness of the flesh. Don't take arousal lightly. If whether it's thought, sight, touch is there, you avoid it like a plague, literally. It is a disease that will catch you and make you very sick. So avoid. Now, this is a summary. Now, remember, sexual impurity does not occur overnight. It begins with what James described. It's a progress. The description of James is like someone giving birth. First, there is the conception. Then it grows, it grows. Then finally, something is born. That is how, that is where it begins, arousal. Understand that. All right? So, even married adult men, be careful of anything that, is, that arouses you, that is not linked to your wife. Get rid of it. Stop it. Avoid it. The callous but willing prey is then bound to them. Yeah, you get stuck sucked into it, whether it's a relationship, whether it's um, an activity. For the unmarried, it's a slippery slope. For the married, it will eventually damage and destroy your marriage. All right? And also flee. Flee people who are like that. If there are people that are suddenly, suddenly very nice, very, very, um, um, very kind, very generous, spending a lot of time helping you and all that opposite gender at work, 
in school, be very careful, all right? Are they trying to arouse something? Now, but for the Christian woman, remember the strange woman, the harlot, a woman who prostitutes her body, a common woman who sells her body in exchange for money. What is worse, a Christian whose body is the temple of God, redeemed by the blood of Christ, but yet entices another child of God to sin. This is terrible. Gives, gives men easy access to her body freely. Terrible. Men taking advantage of that beyond, beyond, um, um, beyond mention. It's horrible. Okay? And now, the next one. The next one. Now, what, what to be aware of? Now, now that we know there is such a thing as arousal, all right? Teens, know that. Adults, be aware of that. You know that there is such a thing. Now, then the next thing we need to be aware of is, is, is this. Um, how should I do this? Now, be aware of your body. Be aware of your body. What am I trying to say? I'll come to that. Now, what is sexual sin first? Sexual sin is, as we covered last week and we saw from the Bible as well as the quotations of the world, looking with desire upon the body of someone, anyone who is not your spouse, the bottom, at that point of time. Anyone who is not your spouse at that point of time, what is sexual sin? Please don't think you did not have sexual intercourse with the person. That's not sexual sin. We already saw last week, God says, you look with desire upon the someone who is not your wife. That is sexual sin. So it is the same in courtship. Please don't think, well, we are in courtship. Well, I can lust, I can have lustful thoughts over um, um, my boyfriend or my girlfriend. It's still sexual sin. It's not your spouse. Sexual arousal is only between husband and wife. Next one, physical intimacy or touching of private parts. All right, we, that's clear. Any physical intimacy, any touching of private parts. That's why I'm saying, I'm coming to this point, be aware of your body. Now, next one, exposing your nakedness. Any part of your body that is, that the Bible considers nakedness, especially. Exposing it is considered a sexual sin. We'll see why afterwards. All right? So anyone who is not your spouse at that point of time, I want to emphasize that. Anyone who is in courtship or will be in courtship one day, be aware of that. Anyone who is married, it is not your wife. The same principle applies. You have this. God's definition is you've committed sexual sin. So beware, be aware of your body. Now, even the world knows this. Even the world clearly knows this. There are parts of the body which that should be private. All right, taken from this planet puberty. I try to look at, at puberty. All right, how does the world view puberty and nakedness? This is what even the world considers this as, as, as their principle. Private parts of the body, area between the legs, covered by any parts that needs to be covered by underwear, the breast, the buttocks, all right? Even the world understands and classifies this as private sexual parts. What does the... Now, we know that as well. Look at... The Bible makes it clear. When it comes to the woman's breast, the woman's chest, the woman's breast, all right? The Bible describes... There is a sexual um, part of the body that, that brings arousal. A private part of the body that brings arousal. Let her be as a loving hind, a pleasant robe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and be thou ravished always with her love. The love, the, 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 the breast, the satisfaction, sexual satisfaction, 
is what the breast does provide. So God does describe it as a sexual um, part of the body that, that brings satisfaction, that brings satisfaction to arousal. God talks about it, He created it, it's for marriage. There's nothing sinful or unclean about it. It's in marriage. And then God does say, and why would thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? You see, God knows that it is the breast. Breasts are best bring sexual arousal. You must be aware of that. That is what I'm trying to say. Used in the condemnation of adulterous act in Ezekiel. We read that last week. God links the pressing of the breast as an adulterous act. A woman who lets other enjoy her breast outside of marriage, the Bible calls it the Bible describes the person as a whore. We, we see the verse afterwards, an adulterer. All right, so now my point is this. I need you to be aware. Teens, young ones, you must be aware. Breasts are supposed to be part of the sexual part of the body and it brings arousal. You must be aware. I explain to you why you must be aware of that. Men likewise. Now, what about the, what about, uh, what about the men? Now, God describes even in Exodus 28, 42. Now, God says, now, make, make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness. So, when the priests, they walk up to the altar to, to sacrifice, people who are below will see. And God says, well, then they wear um, flowing robes, right? God says, make sure that when they go up, people who are looking up won't see their, their thighs, all right? So, these breeches, they cover down to the thighs. They cover down to the knees, all right? They cover the thighs. So in God's eyes, he said, when you come and worship. Now, God is so, so careful. He said, I don't want people to be sexually aroused down there. I don't want people to look at things that they're not supposed to look at. I designed the body. The thighs are considered something that is not to be looked at. It's meant for, it's something that is considered nakedness. They said, please make them breaches. From the loins even to the thighs, they shall reach. Even the breaches must not be accidentally seen. Now, Exodus 20, 26. Neither shall thou go up by steps onto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. Say, when you come up. Now, I don't, I don't want you to reach a stage where your nakedness is seen. So God considers certain things nakedness. Know that. If it's nakedness for men, it is nakedness for women as well. Why must we be aware? Because some, com some common pitfall occurs when we are not aware. And then it leads to sexual impurity. God says certain parts are sexual. They, to be pure, they must be covered. Now, different groups of people, when they are unaware or lack of awareness, what are the pitfalls? One, well, they're unaware, innocent, and they will stumble others. So, for example, now, girls, you must know that your breasts are considered sexual and it brings arousal and it is to be covered all right you must be aware of that so don't be innocent about that well some are innocent they're unaware right so sometimes parents say you know my my daughter right? it's like don't realize she has grown up already and then it's 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 not aware of covering herself up so you need to be aware that's why we thought you must be aware then there's another group lack of awareness now this group can be aware but want to show off to attract want to show off suddenly say hey, i'm growing certain parts maybe guys as well they say well it, it's it's more attractive than other girls 
So I want to now show, you are aware, I want to show this change in me to others. Now when this happens, you say, but I'm not trying to entice. You know, parents may say, don't, you know, you have grown up already, don't dress like that. Don't, don't dress in shorts, just show your thighs and then show even your buttocks. That's how it is today. Don't dress like that anymore. We say, but why? Because they grew up. You never dressed them properly when they were young. Now they are used to these very short skirts, these very short shorts. They're used to, why? Why? They keep asking you why. Say, because you're grown up. Why? Or later they feel, oh, it's nice to show off. Because when I wear this, when I go like that, boys look at me. Right? Or girls, you begin, or boys, you begin to like to go to places to look at people who dress like that. In many of the sports activities, for example. Now, so... He said, but I'm not trying to entice. You must be aware. These are sexual. These are nakedness. You must cover them. If not, you'll begin to stumble. Right? That is why you need to be aware. So please take note of this word, stumble. You will cause others. We covered the first section. Don't, or the first section was, av please avoid arousal. When you are not aware, you can be causing arousal without realizing it or without caring. You cannot think, why, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's their thought, you know. You must know that God says, cover it up. The, the priest cannot go up, well, it's, it's my body, then they want to look, let them look. Huh? God says, no, make them breaches. And even tell them, when you come up, you make sure that you... Hold your, your gown properly. So God says, you must be aware. Now, what about... So now you are aware. You know, today, young people, when they take photograph, they always have... They will accentuate certain body parts by sticking their bum out or sticking their chest forward or even guys sticking their, 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 their torso forward or some seductive, seductive poses. Don't ask me to try, Right? Seductive poses I, or pouty lips. Maybe I try pouty lips. <laughs> yeah. Why do they do that? Because it's trying to arouse, arouse, kissing, all right? Sultry look. So some, they will, they will, certain poses, certain poses that will accentuate certain parts that are not supposed to be accentuated, all right? Some, well, some girls, they will sit with their legs wide apart. That kind of thing. Men as well, right? So please know that you need to be aware certain parts of your body are not to be flaunted like that. It causes arousal. That's how I'm linking it. You cause someone to fall into sin. And those can cause you to be aroused as well. You know there is something that is called, um, there's, there's a particular exercise, I'm sure you know. It's called yoga. Yoga. You know yoga? Now many of the yoga poses are very sexual. And you read, the, the people talk about it openly. Many of these, these activities make them very particularly aware of their part, certain parts of their body, the sexual parts of the body. And very often, well, they commit adultery with the yoga instructor. Or they, they go home and have sex with themselves. So please know, there are parts, God says, be aware of parts of your body. You need to be careful not to let them arouse others or let them arouse yourself. You are not married. This between husband and wife, that is not sin. Next. So don't cause someone to fall into adultery with you in their minds. This is what I've been saying, all right? Be careful, don't attract 
attention to those parts. Don't expose your body that is not supposed to be exposed. When you go to work, all right, young ladies, you're not married, you go to work, be aware of these things. You're a Christian. Don't go to work and say, well, I like this girl that joined our company because every day I'm looking forward to her coming to work. I can ogle her body. Neither can the Christian say, well, it's that dirty mind, right? Well, it's my body. I want to dress how I want to dress. That is how people talk today. Why can't I dress like that to church? Why can't I dress like that to, 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 to school, to work? It's that dirty mind. It's my body. I have liberty. It's my, private, it's my own body. God does tell them to cover up. God does say the breast arouses and it causes sin in others. And men, you must be aware that those are parts that you should not be attracted to. If it is not your wife, and you begin to be attracted to certain parts that you know you shouldn't be attracted to about another woman at work, in church. You are not supposed to. You must be aware that those parts are parts that is arousing sexual interest in you. You must be aware. All right? So, next. Now, be aware that, be aware that you're noticing now, this is where I'm going to talk. This is what I just said. Be aware that you're noticing. What are you noticing? When you look at uh, someone in church, someone at your workplace, someone in school, when you look, what is it that you notice? If you find that it is not, you notice the person's, uh, um, maybe the person's uh, badge or the person's head or the person, but you notice private parts, body, parts of the body that are supposed to be sexual, considered sexual, even the world that considered asexual. You begin to be notice that you're aware. Be aware. Be aware. Now, sometimes you see on the street, people, sometimes when I park, if I'm waiting um, to pick up someone, pick up Sharon, then I park and then I see people, men in the car, and then a woman walks past. And then, well, they think that no one's looking. They go like that. You know, the jaw almost dropping. Well, Christian, is that happening to you? You must be aware, all right? Be aware. Now, sometimes, yes, I'm not saying that. I know sometimes people look, all right? Some parents, they look. They say, why are you looking at that girl like that? I say, Pastor, I'm not looking with lust. I'm looking with disgust, all right? I'm not talking about that. I'm looking. Why can a person dress like that? That's different, but don't keep looking, all right? For all they know, you get aroused. Now, next, yeah. So what can stir sexual arouse, arousal? Be aware. Dressing, visual cues, media, all right? So be aware of that. So now I'm asking you, are you aware of your body? Young ones, you must be. You must cover up. Don't say, my friends dress like that. Is everyone's dressing like that? The priest can say, but God, you know, the other priests of the world... They, they are worse, you know. They, they, they go up the altar naked. I'm already wearing long gown. But God says, I consider that nakedness you cover up. So you can't say my friends dress like that. So dressing. Now, are you aware? Are you committing sexual sins due to your lack of awareness? Or, or you're aware, but you don't care? Let's read together. Matthew 5.28, reading. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Already. That is the key word. Already. But this begins with looking at certain parts that cause you to be aroused. You need to be aware. 
Women, you need to be aware that certain parts of your body will cause arousal and will cause lust. Physical desire and thoughts towards another that is not your spouse at that point, I emphasize again. Please don't say, well, I'm not married, so it's not adultery. Adultery simply means sexual uncleanness in, with another person, all right? In thoughts or in action. It doesn't mean you're married. You can be single, all right? Um, you can be looking at pornography. You can be looking at a harlot on the street. Whether boyfriend or girlfriend in courtship, all right? A celebrity also. People fantasize about celebrities. So God says now you need to be not you need to be aware you're not committing sexual sins. Now God says he, um, marriage is honorable in all the bit undefiled, but hormongers and adulterers, God will judge. Not only be aware, avoid it. God says God will judge. So the last point I made just now is should you should not allow yourself to be interested in the body of someone who is not your spouse. All right, so please, those who are married, those who are not married, please be aware and be aware. Now, common thinking, it's okay. I said that it's okay as long as nothing happens, right? So we dress like that, we go, we, we, well, we, we are in courtship, but I, I want to show off, I want that person to like my body. This is where it leads to immorality and sexual uncleanness in the mind. But, but, Pastor, oh yeah, we won't do anything. It's not whether you do anything. Arousal has occurred. That is sin. You're already having arousal and fantasies. It leads to the acts. Now, next, as long as they know their boundaries. Pastor, we know our boundaries, right? Our parents, you tell your parents, yeah, we're going and doing this, but we won't could do anything. But be aware, there are things that you're supposed to cover up. As long as onlooker doesn't take it beyond the thought. Now, you can't control another person. Right? After all, I, I can't control what's on their mind. It's my liberty. Don't expect me to go around in gunny sack. Maybe some of you there. Ah, yeah, Pastor, you want us to wear gunny sack around, is it? Please don't go to that extreme, all right? We emphasize, now, dress. We'll talk about dressing after, all right? But this part, the main point is, men, don't say, well, they dress like that, right? So it's for me to ogle, so I ogle. Right? There are people who would think like that or say that even. This is a common thinking, awareness of certain parts of the body, they are sexual. You don't ogle. You don't linger in your thought on those things. Now, so now I ask you, who is to be blamed if someone is sexually aroused? Who is to be blamed? The person who is aroused, we already read in Matthew. You look, you get aroused, you fantasize, you let yourself continue in that, well... You are the one who is at fault. So don't blame the other person's dressing. God said, flee youthful lust. Who's to be blamed? The person who dressed immodestly as well. You are also to be blamed. Okay, so please be aware why God says this. Let's read together. In like manner also, that women adorn themselves modest, in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety. So now I hope you look at this verse with a different view altogether. Whenever this verse is quoted, well, young girls will feel, ah, yeah, you know, PP churches are always about dress modestly and all that. Oh, my friends, I'm the most modest in my school already, all right? They, they wear very short shorts. You know, I wear short shorts, but not as short as them. The thighs are nakedness. Now, why, I hope that now, from now onwards, you see, oh, God wants modesty because God says these are areas to be covered up. 
Doesn't matter if others don't cover it, number one. Number two, you say, oh, now I realize that I can cause someone to be aroused and fall into sexual sin in their mind. I am at fault. I must now dress modestly. So don't resist this verse. You must begin to realize why God says modesty is important because it causes sexual sin in the mind, which often leads to the next act, the act, okay? Now, so now, the next part. Committing yourself to be pure. Yeah, I just want to say one more thing about this awareness, all right, awareness. The Christian must come to a stage in life where you do not set your standards by the world standard of what is modest. You must remember that. If God says the breasts are, are sexual parts, are for your husband only, then know that. And don't argue about how the world, they, they, wear, they dress in a certain way. Your standard is God's standard, all right? Same for the men. Don't say, well, you know, they dress like that. Well, I can't help it, you know, it's not my fault. It's always your fault because you look to lust. You can always look away. Now, we move to the next one. Now, how to be pure? Commit yourself to be pure. Commit yourself. So now you know, you are aware that what, what we must avoid, all right? Tempting and being tempted and tempting others. You must be aware of what are the parts of the body you should not allow yourself to be lust, uh, lusting after. You are aware of that and now you must commit. You must commit. Because I think many of the things that I say is not new to you, are not new to you. But the question is, have you committed yourself to say, I will be a pure Christian girl. I will be a pure Christian man. All right? Boy, man, girl, lady. What can stir sexual desires? A common list. All right? Visual. Dressing. Visual cues. That's why I say how you pose. Please don't have everyone posing sexually and you also want to pose sexually like them. Okay? Don't do that. It's meant to arouse. That's why many of those photographers for modeling, they will ask you to pose certain, strike certain poses, which is why in premarital counselling, we always counsel the young couple. When if you have a non-Christian or even Christian, today even Christian photographers, they are so attuned to the world's low standard of, uh, of modesty, they make, husband, uh, they make men and women who are not married yet pose in very intimate sexual poses. And they get the girls to pose in certain way. Very common one. Make sure that when you're dressing, when you're wearing your gown, they want to take you in half, half nakedness. All right? All that kind of thing. That is how the world is like. The Christian must be very aware. You tell the photographer, this, is, this parts of my body are not for anyone to see. Not even this man who has not married me yet. It's only after marriage. It's between us. That's all. Okay? So they have photographs in bed together and all that. So visual cues. They want those because they are the pictures that sell. Many people will log into their website and look at your half-naked wife-to-be. That is how it is. Because it stirs sexual desire. Next, speech, right? Talking. Sexual innuendos, right? Filthy jokes. Music, lyrics, composition. Many of them are very, very 
immodest, immoral, immoral, I would say. All right? So you, that's where you get their ideas. That's where you become sexually impure. They sing about adultery. They sing about having um, sex and all that. They openly write about it. Touch, physical intimacy, I talked about that. Be very careful. These are things that stir sexual desires. Environment, we'll talk about that afterwards, all right? Places where there's drinking, drugs, certain kind of friends, pressure, emotional pre pressure, and all that. Now, my point is this. There are many things around us that stir sexual desires, whether you're married or not married, whether you're young or old. So don't just keep thinking about the teens in this room. Whether you're single, whether you're married, you're young or old. This, we are surrounded by this. So the Christian must commit. That is my point. Unless you're aware and you commit, you can be aware and you, 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 you revel in it. Now, let us read this together. Romans 13, 14, reading. But put, on, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You must commit to this. When God says make no provision, He is saying, are you committed to doing that? Anything that will cause you to be aroused, anything that will cause you to tempt others or to be tempted, are you committed to make no provision for it? means you remove every opportunity. Examples, and then we talk about the details. Control your mind, control your ears, control your mouth, control your eyes, control your actions, control your dressing, control where you go, control who you spend time with. And we're going to cover these things. Commitment. You realize, you say, wow, such a long list. Yes, because it's all around us. Sex is all around us. Unless the Christian commits and say, I will not behold, I will not think of anything and anything that comes my way that will make me have unclean thoughts, I am committed to put it away and make no profit. I will never allow my flesh to enter that arousal stage with anyone that is not my spouse. If I'm not married, I cannot have this. A commitment to make no provision. You see, the provision is for the flesh and it's to fulfill the enticement and fulfill the arousal. Now, I hope by now, teens, young girls, when you read Dress Modestly, you begin to realize that I want to dress modestly because I do not want to add. I do not want to add to this list here. I, or rather, I don't want to be one of them in this list here that will cause people to sin. And they will, now you dress immodestly. You arouse yourself as well. You bring sin into your own life as well. Now, then commit yourself. In what areas? Sight, attire, speech, listening, association, pressure, um, in your leisure, in private, in public. Commit yourself to a pure reputation. Now, we will go through them one by one, okay? And I'll try to make sure we still finish by 9.15, okay? Now, one by one. Sight. Sorry. Purity of sight. Now, God is a God, in Habakkuk 1.3, say, God is a God who is purer eyes, who have purer eyes than to behold evil and canst not look upon iniquity. The Christian must be like God. You must commit to a life that say, my eyes, I, I want to be so pure that my eyes, I'm purer than this. Every time you see something, 
something that stir your lust, whether you're a boy or girl. You say, I am purer than this. I am purer than this. I'm committed to a more pure life than this. I do not want this. You must commit. I keep saying, unless you commit, you will let yourself be enticed. You will let yourself be drawn away. If you commit, the moment that thing comes out on your computer, the moment that person turns up, that moment that thing happens, you walk away. If you're not committed, you let yourself be drawn in. Your eyes, you walk, you close, you shut, you move off. All right? Now, avert, avoid temptation. That is what it is. Now, know what are the avenues that slip in most easily for you. Treat them like landmines. Unless you're committed, no, if you're committed to, li- to surviving, uh, you're committed to not losing a limb. When you're on a minefield, you move very differently. All right? You're very aware and very cautious. Don't succumb to curiosity. All right? Don't succumb to curiosity. No second looks. No second look. Dwell and think on pure things if you accidentally have a second look. How do you commit? We've been studying prayer meeting, right? Replacement. The moment you see something, say, I got to get rid of this. Change channel. Change website. Change. Immediately replace. I've made a covenant with my eye, Job said. Why then, why should, why then should I look upon a maid? This is commitment, a covenant, a promise with my eyes. Your commitment is to be pure and you say, eyes, please listen to me. We have a commitment one to another. All right? My arousal comes in through, your, through you. We have a commitment. Whenever that happens, it's a woman that I'm looking on the street, in church, at work, in school. We have a commitment. We are going to turn away. That is how it is. Same for the girls. There's a commitment to turn away. Understand that curiosity in, all th- in evil things are temptations to sin. Don't yield to sin. Curiosity. Everyone who entered into many of the um, addiction or pornography is always curiosity. That is all. It begins there. Even entering into fornication, curiosity. My classmates are doing it. What is it like? How does it feel? Curiosity. All right? Have a mental image of the misery. Samson. Samson was a very immoral person. The one thing that God allowed them to remove from him was his eyesight. His, his lust that went through his eyes. That was his downfall. Broken family. Think of David. Went to look at Bathsheba bathing. Instead of looking away, going away, he did not make a covenant with his eye. He looked and looked. It's always with the eyes and then it leads to the act. Okay? What happens? Look, think of his broken family. Every time you want to look at these things, think of all these examples that God put in the Bible. Purity of sight, all right? When you see, look, often you get used to the look. And expect it to look like that, all right? Now, how do you begin to dress immodestly? It's very standard. You see someone who began to come to church, very modest, then slowly over time go to work or go to university, then slowly they change. And they change very slightly, but eventually it's it's a drastic change from the time they first became a Christian. Why? The more you look, the more you become. First, I think my skirt is quite long. Shorter. Not that short, right? Shorter and shorter. And then you keep looking at magazines until it's very short. Now, this happened to adults as well. Men likewise. At first, very conservative, very careful. Then slowly, one or two buttons. Then slowly, like to walk around topless. 
that kind of thing, right? So you look now and say, no, it's not very immodest. They can't even, can't even um, feel it anymore. So the sight changes you. The sight changes you. Now about this carefulness as well, about awareness, all right? So men, when a woman bends over and the blouse drops down, you look away, you walk away, all right? Don't hang around. Woman, be aware. Both must be aware. Woman, be aware. Certain parts of your body are not meant to be seen by anyone else except your husband. All right? Dress in things that when you have to bend over, you don't have to struggle and struggle and struggle, or you bend over, you don't have to keep pulling and pulling and pulling. All right? Don't. Men, likewise, don't have a second look. Walk away. Now, always leads to sinful act. I want you to Look at the Genesis 3.6. It begins with the look. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, so, and it was pleasant to eyes. First, I forgot to highlight saw. Saw. God describes how you fall. Saw. The eyes. Then, pleasant to the eyes. And next thing, she took. Next thing, she gave also. First, she saw. Then the eyes. She continued to look. That's why it became pleasant to the eyes. She didn't look away. That's why it became pleasant. Then the next one, she herself sinned and she caused others to sin. The same warning is to the man, all right? When the sin is there, you walk away. Now next. Joshua also said, now you continue in this, with these heathen people, you adopt their ways, they will be snares to you, their scourges in your sight, and God says they're thorns in your eyes. This is something that you must always have that sight. Can you imagine take a thorn and poke in your eye? You see, you see these things. There will always be things that keeps coming back to you, like a thorn in your eye. You will have, like the people of the world, eyes full of adulteries. You cannot see anything without having adulterous thought. Any Christian man in this room has become like that. This is the thorn set in your eyes because you did not control your sight. You did not make a covenant with your eye. Make it now. It's not too late. We, we sang the hymn, all right? The chairman chose. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Commit, confess, and God will wash. And God will help you out of it. But it's always a snare. Purity of sight. Don't have regrets. You cannot see what you've unseen. We saw that last week. Don't have second look. Don't even look. Don't be curious. You look, it stays with you and it always becomes a temptation. You lie in bed. You see the person. Those thoughts keep coming. This is how it comes in through the eyes. All right? Satan will ensure the image gets burned in your eyes. That is why he wants it to be like that. Also, all right, looking with lust at one who is not your spouse, you look, you have committed adultery already. Look at TV, computer, magazine, on the road, at work, in school, even in church. We may say in church, oh, I'm very careful with, my, with what I look at. But outside, no control. In shopping centers, in, in, in supermarkets, no more control. Make a covenant, all right? Now, the other one is also superiority of attire. I want to say this. Reflect our salvation. Reflect our salvation. You are a Christian. The world must see you as someone that is pure and modest, men or women. Prioritize modesty over fashion trends. The world's fashion trend is always immodesty. I'm not saying you cannot, be, cannot have a good taste of fashion, right? For example, the, the royals, 
the, United, the UK royalties, the royals, right? they are kind of fashion trendsetters, but they're always conservative and modest. All right? Modesty doesn't mean you wear um, gunny sacks. Okay? So we are never propounding that. You can be um, properly dressed. You can follow fashion in the sense of, of well, this, this is, this, this, you don't have to look strange and out of place. All right? Don't be fashionable, but be careful about modesty. Be careful to be, um, let me see, dress responsibly. I've said that. Don't dress to make someone to pay attention to your look, okay? Because it will cause them their eyes to sin. Now, I need to move quickly. Purity of attire. What about attire? Purity of attire. Now, I want to say this just now. I say this, okay? Um, you cannot see and see what you've seen. This is always going to be a snare to you. So the best is don't start collecting what you see. You've seen enough to be bad already. Stop. But you also, you cannot make someone unsee what they have seen. Don't be the one to dress in a way which after that they cannot unsee what they saw of your body. That's my point. Now, purity of speech. Don't talk about... Hey, before I go there, now I don't want to be a church that keeps harping I don't want BPCWA to be a church where, where you think that we, we are only harping about modesty. All right? There's always about dress, about dressing, about dressing. This is not the point. The point is always about you cannot make people unsee what they have seen. You, cannot, you must never stumble others to fall into sin, whether you're a guy or you're a girl. Remember that. That is the point of modesty. It is not about the the length of your skirt, the tightness of your, of your shirt and all that kind of thing. It is involved, but that is not the point. Okay, so don't think that just because you come to church very modest, then inside you are very pure. All right? A guy comes, well, very square looking, but inside full of adulteries. Purity of speech, all right? Very quick, this one. When you talk, when your friends talk in school, at work. Now, sexual impurity comes through hearing things also and comes so after some time you find that it's funny and then you also crack the same kind of double meaning jokes that is sexual impurity any speech that come out unclean they have sexual innuendos you have committed sexual impurity don't take that lightly young young children in school young ones in school all right don't adopt the world's sexual slangs all right certain words refer to certain things now these days when you watch news it's just very grievous the news readers will keep using double meaning words and then they laugh. And these are, these are morning news. These are family news. It's just, it's just like that. Okay? And now it has reached a stage where girls, girls, the, the more filthy you are in your speech, the more, the more um, sexual you are in your speech, the more popular you are, right? So many of the, of the people, you see them even on television, they can dress modestly, but they like to crack this kind of jokes because they want to feel in. They want to be like the men. So please know that that is sexual impurity. Don't be like that. You are a child of God, redeemed and washed by the blood of the Lamb. The Bible says, let no, not let some, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Whenever you open your mouth, that which is good to the use of edifying. Okay? 
purity of listening. So please don't take speech lightly. Know that. I hope none of you, when you're talking to one another, when you're holidaying together, you, you talk like that. Purity of listening. Music. Now when I listen to some of the music that I listen to, when they happen to be on uh, in a shopping centre, then I hear the words, you mean I was singing those words? They are just pure adultery or pure fornication um, words. And I used to sing that without thinking. So music will make you have a dirty mind. All right? Radio stations, raunchy talks, avoid those. There are certain channels that you know you shouldn't listen to. All right? So now, purity of next, association. Don't be found in events, situations where people will be prone to encourage loose and lewd behavior, close con physical contacts, for example, nightclub activities, or nightlife activities, sorry, dancing, rock concerts. That's where you all jam up. You read, right? How many cases of all these discotheques, uh, all that Christians say, no, I, I, I just go there with friends, that's all. Now, or some school activities. And what happens? A lot of groping, molestation occurs there. In fact, some of the girls say, I've been molested so often and so, and it's so common, it's all the time. Every time I go up to these places, I don't even think about it anymore. It's very sad. You let the body of the temple, you let your modesty be outraged and all that. So, so that is why we say these places are dangerous. Certain certain parties, certain, certain organized activities are not for the Christian. These are the things that happen there, loose and lewd behaviors. I've described to you my colleague, right, on, on board the cruise. We had a company cruise. She had one or two, and then after that, the next one, total abstinence. She had one or two drinks. She started to dance lewdly, and it, because it was a dance floor, right? If you get drunk in your room, not that it's right, nothing happens. But in that place, she began to parade herself, dance lutely, the men all jeering, cat calls, and all that. All the testimony gone. All right, so sexual impurity begins with all this. Choose your friends very carefully. Those that keep encouraging you to go to these places, to these activities. They are not people that are going to be good for you long term. Why? Because they are going to, well, later we'll talk about this. Right? If someone causes adulterous thoughts with you, minimize engagement. Last bullet point, minimize engagement. Now, if you find that someone in church, your workplace, in school, brings certain sexual arousal or you have certain lust for the person, i put it this way. Just be very careful. Minimize engagement unless you have to. All right? I'm not saying don't work with the person, don't work, but well, if it comes to be so bad, then you need to do what you need to do, right? So even in church, be careful. I'm not saying don't talk to one another, all right? So I don't want to have a situation after that where all boys here, all girls here, and that's it, every week, all right? So we're not saying that. But you know what is happening in your heart. So some boys, they like to sit near some girls, some girls like to sit near some boys, that kind of thing. Now, drunkenness always, very often lead to nakedness. Very often in the Bible. Drunkenness even in this world, often leads to many very terrible sins that happen to young girls, young women, rape cases, all right, and so on. Men, you, men many drunk, men, men get drunk, they rape without even knowing. You know that. So places that promote all this kind of thing, Christian, just stay away from them. Unbridled impurity leads to decadence. Now, I want to say this. You know this story very well. 
This is a story where Israel has become so used to fornication happening in the camp. All right? So it's a common way, common thing that has happened. And even when God judged them and they were repenting, now look at, look at verse, verse 6. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought his brought unto his brethren a Medinatish woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, so they were repenting, but some have become so immune. It's like sex is recreation today. Now, look at what happened. The person just bring the woman, go to a, a tent to commit fornication. Verse 7, And when Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it and rose up among the congregation, took a javelin in his hand, he went after the men of Israel, you know the rest. Men of Israel in the tent. You know why in the tent? Why God wants to describe in the tent? They are committing, committing fornication in there. And thrust them both through with a spear. The woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed. The plague was stayed. Now, Christian, please know. We live in a very impure world. Now, if you are not careful and you go to these places, you be like them, you act like them, you dress like them, you will be one of these people. But you can't even understand why. Why? Why? When I travel with someone, we sleep together, what's the big deal? Or, yeah, it's not good, but, but I really don't care. It's very common. It's very common. It's very common. The only reason why the plague was stayed was the act of Phinehas. Fornication is something that when it was clearly and openly denounced and, and dealt with, then God says, right, you have learned. My, my plague stays. My plague is removed. All right? So, please don't think that you won't... You may be very square-looking as a girl or a guy, but you have become so decadent in your mind that when you are alone, what you think about what you do, no one knows, but God knows. Have you become like that? All right? Next. Purity. Now, I actually want to emphasize before I forget about dressing. All right, I forget. Now, parents, please be careful how you dress your children. There are some things that, are, that you must realize is very common in the world. You don't dress them like that. For the girls, don't dress them in tights. And just come to church in tights. You know tights? Leggings. I never forget. You know, because it's so common in Singapore, we don't even think about it. Then I was in Hong Kong having a meeting with a group of managers. And, and this lady, um, this Singaporean lady, she came to the meeting in tights. And this Hong Kong man, he asked me, he said this, this Hong Kong manager, why is that woman in underwear? And I said, what, what do you mean? Because it's so common. I said, why, why did she come in underwear? I said, what do you mean? Tights are underwear. Tights are things you wear with a skirt on top. But she didn't come with a skirt. Then I began to realize that it is true. The, I mean, tights are tights. They are supposed to be undergarments. But it's so common today that women want to show off. They wear that. So Christian, now... You must be aware. It comes back to awareness because many of us are not aware. Many of us don't realize the buttocks, the thighs are things that God says are nakedness, even for the men. All right? So men, please don't say, ah, oh, the woman wear tights. No, the woman cannot. I wear tights and come to church. 
Because we are not aware that God says these are private parts. Tithes reveal those very, I mean, there's nothing left to the imagination. That's how the world puts it. They know exactly what your, what your thigh and your buttocks look like, right? From then on, I realized this, this is really, really, um, even certain conservative society. Then another Singaporean woman came in, right? She came in with short skirt and without any stockings. Then he asked me, why is that woman not wearing underwear? <laughs> then I began to realize, you see, in that society, proper business dressing, proper business dressing, that you don't go to work with a very short skirt and with your, you know, your white ties all showing and walking around. They said, why is this one coming in underwear and that one coming in not coming in underwear? And he was very serious. He was not joking. Then I realized, you know, it shows actually we have become very unaware. Now, I am not trying to attack anyone, point out anyone. I am not thinking of anyone. I'm just saying we need to be careful. Certain parts are not to be looked at. Now, you may feel that it's nothing wrong, but, but men can become stumbled, right? Your child can become used to just, well, it's very comfortable, it's very airy, right? That kind of thing. It is. Um, but God says these parts are to be covered. All right? So I want us to learn. See, awareness is very important. Now, next one. Purity despite treasure, very quickly. Now, what is this about? Very often, Christians fall into sexual impurity because of pressure. One example. Keep your heart if the opposite gender continues to flatter, shower you with attention, very nice to you, for no apparent reason. All right? And then they begin to have certain advances towards you. Whether at work, whether in church. You know, I talk, sometimes I say this, I know most of the adults here feel that, no, these things never happen, but you are thinking about children in a very different generation. Or in school, for example. Now, don't feel bad to reject them. Please, just say, please leave me alone. Don't feel bad. It's not nice to say these things. And then just keep letting them have their advances towards you, touch you, handle you. Be ready to say firmly no. And if it offends them, don't feel that, well, it will ruin your friendship. All right? So girls, when you're a teenager, when you're a university student, the, guys keep, the guy keeps coming after you, keeps sitting next to you very close, and all that, just tell them to get lost. All right? Be firm. And say, oh, yeah, then after that, our friendship. Purity is very important. Now, stay away from such person if they keep persisting. Now, the Bible says, keep thee from, God says, I want to keep you from the strange woman that flattereth with your words. I told you before, we know of cases like that. I'm not talking about a previous generation. I'm not talking long ago. I'm not talking about this kind of thing. I'm talking about real life where Christian is very seemingly godly, all right, will even come to our church when, and, and, and all that and, and ask questions and everything. All right, so well, godly, Christian what? In the end, well, flatter, flatter. And some people say, yeah, we know this, we know this boy outside. He's very well known to be a very nice person, oh, oozing with, with honey, very, very nice person. What happens? Well, hook a girl, sleeps with her, now dumped her. Christian girl, all right? So what I'm trying to say is this. 
a lot of pressure of so nice to you. And guys, don't do that. Well, the Bible says, um, look at Genesis 39, verse 10 at the bottom. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day. Day by day. There will be these boys that come to you day by day. There will be this girl also. Please don't think it's just guys, all right? That he hearkened not unto her to lie by her to be with her. He did not hearken to her, all right? All right, let's keep focusing on here. Um, they, they will handle that. So pressure, pressure. Sometimes it's friends. And just go to this party with us. I just go to this place with us. I just have a drink. I just, it's always this just. Then you succumb. You don't, you feel bad. Never mind, just a little bit. Or just, just go for once. That is where disaster happens. Now, next, next, next. Purity, even during leisure. You must be committed to this. Many of you students are here alone. You have a lot, you have leisure time. Seniors, you, you, you are retired or working people, all right? You have leisure time, even adults, even family members. Do not go to websites. Do not play any games that trigger sexual desires. It's back to that. Any leisure activity, if there are any of this that you know always brings you back to sin. Now, some of these computer games that, that they advertise is quite, I mean, I sometimes look at it and say, is this pornography or is this computer games? But it's so common that children play, they don't even think about it. But these thoughts keep going in. Fall into grievous, actual physical sin after that. Okay? Now, replace impure leisure activities, always replacement with holy thoughts. You cannot become pure by getting rid of things alone. You become pure by getting rid of things and replacing it with holy things. Keep listening to messages. Keep taking Bible, course, Bible classes. Keep coming for Bible study. Keep memorizing Bible verses. Keep listening to hymns in the background. All those things will keep putting holy thoughts in you. And, and you will become holier and holier. If it's empty, you, those thoughts will still keep wanting to occupy you. We said that on, on Tuesday night. Those thoughts will keep wanting to occupy you. Those games will keep bringing your, your thoughts back. All right? Same for adults. Whatever it is that you're listening to, watching, replace them with holy thoughts. I can't tell you the number of times just leaving Bible message in the background, just leaving hymns in the background, stirs love for the Lord, stirs purity of thought, stirs desire to live for Him. That is what it does. All right? So you want to be pure, you must have pure things pumping around you all the time. That is what it is. Study and serve. Be busy in service. Right? You find that you're falling into sin all the time. Ask, Pastor, is there anything I can do in the background for church? All right? I don't want to stay at home, that kind of thing. I don't want to spend my time to do this. First Peter 5.8, be sober. Think soundly. Be alert. Be, be awakened to this. Be aware. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walking, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. He is constantly wanting you to fall into sexual impurity, especially when you are having leisure. I say, but no, mine's quite okay. Not that bad. As long as some things in there are bad, it will grow. It will grow. It will grow. Purity in private and public. Alright? So don't lead a double life, please. This session is not about creating an outward form of holiness. Okay, from now on, we dress properly, we are very careful with one another and all that. 
This is not the point. These things must be there, but it's because of an inward purity in your private life. God says, stolen waters and sweet bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Please know that. Sexual impurity in private is pleasant. Why do you think people keep indulging in it? But God will bring every, look at the verses, God will bring into judgment every secret thing. It won't be secret for long. God said, be sure your sin will find you out. Be sure. God is saying, I'm, 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 not, I'm not joking with you and I need you to, be know, to know this. Be sure. Your sin will find you out. Eventually, it will be exposed. Eventually, you'll be shamed. There is nothing hid. Nothing. There's nothing that is kept secret. But that it should come abroad. Many church leaders fall. Many fathers fall because of secret sexual sins. All right? So you want to be pure? Commit to this. Just decide. No more. Stop. This is the last day with this. It is over with me. No more returning to that. The thing comes up. I want to be pure. I am, I am shutting this. You have to commit. All right, many people fall because they have not come to this point of denying self. This is over. Today, this is the one. It's over. Even with that, you can fall, but it's going to be not like what you used to be. All right, you just keep repenting. Now, don't lead yourself into temptation. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But we constantly lead ourselves to temptation tonight. Go and turn on the computer, go and turn on that music, go and read that, go and play that, go and think about that all over again. But you say, don't lead me. We keep leading ourselves. You must commit to purity in private. Don't be familiar. Okay, I want us young ones, please teens, notice this of second bullet. Be, don't be where you are alone without supervision and unseen for a long time if you tend to succumb to impure leisure activities when alone. Mommy goes out, right? That is, what mommy goes out to the supermarket. You know you will fall into that sin. Tell your mommy, mommy, I will go to the supermarket with you. You have to commit, right? Or husbands, right? Whatever it is. When your wife is busy or goes to the supermarket or whatever, and then you, whoa, this is the time you go and commit, in some, indulge in some unclean activities of the mind of the world. They say, I'll go with you, right? So you have to get out of those situations because it's about purity. Now next, don't be familiar with don't be, don't be familiar with going to bedrooms beyond beds lying in the presence of the opposite gender. We have very strict rules in church camp. Why? Say, do not go to the boys' dorm, do not go there, and then especially into the room, and then it's very common in, in school camps, right? School activities. Very common. They go to each other's dorm, they just lie on each other's blade and then they play games. These are bedrooms. Right? These are beds. The God, even, God even said, the bed is undefiled. There is something about the bed that is meant for husband and wife. Meant for um, privacy. So don't be a, a young person that, ah, everybody does that. I mean, they, they, go to, they go to each other's room, sleep over, then they play, then they sleep together, boys and girls. Please do not be comfortable with a person of the opposite gender in a bedroom and especially on the bed. The barrier will drop. That is where it's comfortable to eventually commit fornication together. Parents, 
Oh, sorry, don't disobey your parents in these things. When your parents say these things, say, Daddy and Mommy, you're very old-fashioned. You know, these days is, the whole point is this. You get used to the environment. If you've never done that, the first time you walk, maybe your boyfriend says, hey, let's go to the bedroom. You will feel very uncomfortable. They say, no. But after, if you've been doing, being very used to being in the bedroom together, leads to the next sin. Okay? Now, don't be alone with someone where sexual contact is possible. Now, these are very important things about sexual purity. Where contact is possible, engaging in sexual intimacy is possible. Example, the home, the cars, office, men, in the office after hours. Even in church, I would say, church as well, right? Accommodations, holidays, secluded parks. Always avoid all these situations. They can lead to sin. I told you before, church camp is where pastors and church members commit adultery. How is it possible? That is what happens, all right? Alone, opportunity. Just one time is enough. Now, parent, the last bullet point. Parent must always be at home. Don't leave child and friend of the opposite gender alone without supervision. Don't be so foolish, all right? It just takes one occasion. Don't be so foolish. And young ones, don't be so foolish to think that you won't fall. All right? Now, look at how God describes this, this woman who was tempting this man. <clears throat> For the good man is not at home. The point is this. We can do what we want because we are alone. All right? So even God says this is where sin occurs, where you should not be with this person alone. Let us take our feel of love till morning. Overnight. Overnight. Let's take, take our feel until the morning. Sexual impurity. Very typical happening in the night. All right? Your body is tired. Your mind is not clear. You succumb to temptation. Be careful of night activities, all right? Young people, if there are some late night activities and, you know, especially people are dressed in a certain way, having, doing certain things, very close contact, don't be part of those things. Next one, purity in private and private life also. Oh, sorry. Don't think you can hide, God will reveal. Don't think you're strong enough to stand. Temptations when you're alone. You live among fallen people. Even Christians are fallen Creatures, that's all. Sinful humans, all right? So, don't think you can stand. Purity of reputation, quickly. The Christian must have a pure reputation. Ephesians 5.3. Fornication and all uncleanness, let it not be once named among you. Every time you are tempted to commit any sexual impurity, whether someone say, oh, you mean you're, you, you watch pornography? Oh, you mean you're committed fornication? Oh, you mean you're slept together? Every time you have a temptation to do that, you say, I cannot afford to have it been ever once be associated with my name. Not even once. Be like that. Not even once where people say that, you know, uh, this man is a married Christian, but at work, uh, he's quite flirty. Eh? The other day, uh, we saw him alone with this woman in the, in, the, in the meeting room. Never let it once be named. Never ever once be even accused of. All right? Look at how I said care about what you go, where you do, what you, who, who you're with, even if you, if, you, if you didn't do anything. Don't say, ah, we are not going to do anything. Nothing is going to happen. The question is always about the doubts that will arise in your husband's mind, in your wife's mind. 
in church people's mind, in people unbelievers' mind. Never let it be once, be even this, abstain from all appearance of evil. All right? So don't argue with daddy and mommy. My friends, do it. We won't, we're not going to do anything. Ayah, daddy and mommy, why do you have all such a twisted mind? Uh? You have a dirty mind, you know. But God says, abstain from all appearance of evil. If they can say anything about you, avoid it. Don't rent rooms together, even no matter how poor you are. All right? And say, ah, students, rent room together is cheaper. Because that leads to sin very easily also. Now, purity stems from impure thoughts. We talk about that. Watch your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. You have to make up your mind. Anyone who is stuck in any sexual impurity alone, you have to make up your mind that my mind will stop thinking about these things. Whenever it strays there, I have made up my mind, I will stop it from straying there. I'm going to walk over and turn on some hymn. I'm going to pick up my hymn book. I'm going to sing a hymn, pick a hymn that I'm going to sing to God. I'm going to read the Bible about verses like that. I have made up my mind that I will do those things. Tonight, any night, any day, those thoughts come up, you do that. You say, I'm committed to that. If not, you never change. You never get out of it. Then you keep wondering why I keep falling into the same sin. Purity based on Christ's standard. I've said that again and again, all right? It's always for the glory of God. It's always the standard of God. Now, fight and flee. Just a few more slides. Fight and flee. This is another principle about how to be pure. The Bible says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection. You see, all these kind of things, unclean sexual things, the first three. And then, concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, mortify. You have to fight. Fight talks about a very, a mortify talks about a very serious battle to the point where you cut off limbs, pluck out eyes. That's how the Bible describes it. Not literal, huh? but it is about you take very drastic action. You have to fight. Don't keep saying, I, I, I keep falling into this. Next, flee. Not only fight. Don't say, all right, tonight I'm going to fight porn pornography. Tonight I'm going to fight this adulterous thought about someone else at the workplace. Tonight I'm going to fight by going there. God also says flee. All right? When it's presented to you and you're in that situation, you fight. But the best is always flee. When he's there, like Joseph, the thing came up. The Potiphar's wife constantly tempting. He fled. So flee fornication. Every sin that a man committed without the body is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. Please remember that. Fly away from it. Anyone, any person, any situation, anything. And God says, what? What? You know, it's such a big exclamation. What? Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? How dare you? Right? So think of these things. So every time you have these thoughts, come to these verses. Now, don't say you cannot because 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God says, God will always make a way for you to escape. Always. You will never be tempted above that which you are able. There is no sin in your life, no uncleanness in your life that you say, this sinful um, activity, I cannot get over it. I cannot break away from this adulterous relationship. I cannot break away from this and that. Never, okay? Or, or whatever is enslaving you that is unclean. You can always escape. Joseph said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Fornication is a great wickedness. Even the other party is very willing. 
Even if that, that party is throwing themselves at you, there's no excuse. It is great wickedness. Now, then here, what should you do if your friend does this? What should you do? Ask. Now, actually, all right. Now, I will do this next week when we do Q&A. What do you do if your friend does this? Physical touch. Position himself to arouse physical intimacy. Initiates physical touch, all right? We are running out of time, so I don't want to drag that. I'll do that at, teens, at Q and A next week. Thanks for the questions, but please keep submitting them. Submit them before Tuesday, as far as possible. Now, God's counsel to all: You want to be pure. You take God's advice seriously. The world redefines and destroys God's good standards and good plan. The world will counsel you. All right. The world, God's, God's plan is sex is something joyful in marriage, is union for, marriage union for procreation and godly seed. But the world will sell you this lie. Sex is for pleasure. And you can avoid the consequences. Outside marriage, don't worry. It can be hidden. Don't worry. No one will find out. Don't worry. This is how it is. Now, this illustration um, shows you the, the one that is meant for marriage with a godly child, no, the guy wearing a ring. Uh, please notice. You can see it. Uh, right? <laughs> so make sure the guy is wearing a ring. There are students comfortable in the room. Consequences. Can you tell the consequences? We go to consequences after this. And they, hopefully I remember this picture. Pregnant, teen, giving birth to a baby and trying to struggle with life. At the same time, a parent asks, so you come and you try and answer next to your parent asks. Now, if people, people ask, if we don't sleep with one another, how do we know we are compatible? Right? So it's a good question because some Christian parents literally believe in that. Now, listen to God's instruction. Okay, don't come near to the door of this strange woman. Remove your way far from her. Whether it's pornography, whether it's adulterous relationship, whether it's a thought of someone, God says, stay far away. You know, the consequences, God's counsel is the consequences. Don't give your honor unto others. Don't give your years to others. It will become cruel years, broken families. Some into health. You'll give away your health and your wealth. All right? Some fall into all sorts of diseases. Your labor. You know, men in adulterous relationship, they find that half the time they're working very hard to support another woman. God describes all these things. Then you moan. Now, let's read verse 12 together. You moan. It says, How? Let's read together. How have I hated instruction, and my heart despised reproof, and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to them that instructed me? This is what you will be eventually. Teens, please don't think that nothing will happen. Husbands who want to commit adultery, don't think that nothing will happen. One day you are going to say this. How I hated instruction. I listen to this and say, Pastor, always a modesty, always, always don't do this, don't do that. This is what happened to that person. How I hated instruction. I despise all these sessions. I did not obey. And now 
All these all these calamities have happened. It will. It will. Counsel for parents. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't fear. Because your children are unhappy because you control. Now, parents, listen carefully. The Bible says a foolish son is grieved to his father and bitterness to, to her that bear him. You don't be a parent that is afraid. You know, if I tell my child, don't go for this kind of parties. Don't go and dress like that to go out. Don't, don't, don't drink. Don't, you know, play this kind of, get involved in this kind of unclean games and all that. Don't I say that, wow, it will be a big fight at home, you know. It will be, they, will, they will leave home or they will, they will get angry at me. Your child is in an unequal yoke. Your child is, you suspect that your child and the boyfriend are doing some hanky-panky thing. Say, yeah, very embarrassing to talk about these sort of things. Huh? We hope nothing is wrong. I don't think so. They, they, they should know, right? They're Christians, right? Don't be so foolish. And I quote you a pastor that I know. The child was in an unequal yoke with a rich boy. This is a real, real life situation. Parents, the pastor did not stop it. Oh, and maybe he can evangelize. Maybe he'll get saved one day. They go out late at night, often don't come back. The girl don't come back even. After some time, right? I used to go out late, late, late. Then a few times, don't come back. Ayah, nothing, nothing, nothing. You talk about it, the daughter gets angry, blow up. Don't talk about it. Today, the daughter is a single mother. In fact, the daughter got pregnant at a very young age. The boy said, not my problem. You're going to have sex with me, it's not my problem. The parents do not want the boy to marry her as well. We're a rich family, you know. What kind of girl is this? Get pregnant some more. Please don't think, parents, that not stepping in is just closing or bury your head in the, in the sand is something to do. And child, please don't think when your parents do that, they are doing something evil. Respond. What I'm trying to tell you is, I'm quoting you, not people of the world. I'm quoting you, Christian, daughters of pastors, daughter of a pastor, pastor who did not intervene. I'm talking about real life things. So you still think that these sessions are crying wolf. And I can tell you that this is not the only case in churches. This is serious. Likewise, all right, so please know that. Oops, oh no. Um... Oh, it's still there. Counsel for the young. You saw that picture. You can become a single mother. I just quoted you. You become a single mother. And even if you repent then, no, I'm not saying that you repent, nothing, but the consequences are just so, so dire. The testimony is just so, so gone. Sicknesses and diseases, permanent nagging memories. When we cover this BGR, right? You sleep with one person, another person, when you get married, those thoughts keep coming back. You keep fighting those thoughts. Results in wrong marriage. Well, pregnant already, right? Or we slept together, let's get married. When this person is not even the person for you to marry. Broken and unhappy marriage, loss of service, many because of this sin cannot be used in certain ways anymore. It's permanent. It's permanent. This is one sin. Sexual sin is one sin that disqualifies a person from many things. Please know that. Judgment throne of God. Eventually, you will have to face God. Yes, God will forgive you. God has forgiven you. 
but it will always be something in eternity that you say, I wish I didn't do that. Because it's no different from now. Don't think of eternity as any different from now. That suddenly you go into eternity, your memory has been erased. It's just like now. There are some things that you did you are never proud of when you look back. You want to keep it unknown. And sometimes it comes up and you always have that broken feeling about it. But you know God has forgiven you completely, fully. But you know that it's always there. It's the same in eternity. At that moment of wanting to watch pornography, have adulterous relationship, any of this, Teens, don't think that it's so fun. I just in bed romp around. And just touch this body a bit. These are sexual activities that you will always regret when you get married, that you will always regret when you're in heaven. Don't. Don't. Why do you think God keeps warning about this? It's a unique sin. Next. Keep your virginity for your spouse. The Bible talks about the virginity is a token and the Bible says those that lose their virginity, God calls them whore, whore in her father's house. So young girls, the world may call you progressive-minded. The, the world may call you friendly. The girl may call you, well, friend with privileges. The world may call you, well, a girl that is modern, right? not so prude and old-fashioned. But please know the word that God uses. Whore, prostitute, someone that freely prostitutes the body. God's word, not mine. Take God's advice. Do you think you're wiser than God? God says, attend to my wisdom. I've read you many verses. God says, bow your ears to my understanding. Means stoop down, be humble, thou, that thou mayest regard discretion, that thy lips may keep knowledge, discretion. Let's read this together, then we close. Can a man... Take fire into his bosom, and his clothes be not burned. Can one go upon hot coals, and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. You will not be innocent of the sin. Don't say, well, you know, you don't understand. My, my wife don't, but this woman, she understands me. This woman, she really cares. You know, we can click. We, we are like soulmate. God said, as long as you enter into another's, your neighbor's wife, don't, you are not innocent. Any, any Christian man that eventually commit adultery always have this excuse. Pastor, you don't, know, you don't know the kind of wife I have at home, you know. The kind of thing I face from her every day. You know, it's not my fault. And this woman, she really understands. I, I wish I didn't marry this in the first place. Huh? God said, as long as you, and as long as you commit Sexual, sexual relationship with another person outside marriage, you are not innocent, no matter what your body tells you. Same for women. Today, women say the same thing. They divorce men because of that. My husband is the worst man on earth. That's why I have to divorce him and get married to someone else, or rather commit adultery. All right? Closing verse. Sorry, that was not the closing verse. I apologize. Last one, read it together. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Now you cannot undo what you have done. It is not a Bible verse, right? <laughs> I'm just reminding you. You cannot undo what you have done. You cannot undo anything at the Bema seat. You cannot say, God, I was quite young then. I was a teenager then. 
It is still a sexual immorality. You cannot undo. You cannot turn back time. And some consequences will have lifetime experiences. Please know, sexual impurity destroy, destroys lives. I put the fire there with the life. I hope this image sticks with you. Let's pray.